Hey guys, Spade and Carvey here. Coming up next, Drew Barrymore. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Oh yes, you heard me right. You can talk to an actual human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, Call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You guys, it's Spade and Carvey here at uh, the old Fly in the Wall dungeon doing an intro for Drew Barrymore. Yeah. It gets we impressive love. in know, here, this is but my once house in a while. Garbagey <laughs> basement. let us out. But, uh, oh, Z Gallery. Thanks. You like the furnishings? <laughs> um, so I... Was going to tell you we 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 have Drew coming up right now, and here's a story that I didn't tell you before. Well, are we on camera right yeah. now? Yeah, and I oh, don't okay, think sorry. we always are. <laughs> oh, let me just get. Oh, let me go. It's a Truman Show. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> What's so, up, camera? <laughs> when we, when I, when you, no, I I'm scared to ask her, but that movie Lost and Found I did. Oh, a couple people see it. Um, oh, a couple people remember. Oh, okay, so Lost and Found was this movie. It was all right. But I did it. We were looking for the lead. And so the guys that did the money said, if you know Drew Barrymore, she'd be perfect. I said, oh, she'd be great. Mm -hmm. But it was sort of in, in this time in her career when uh, she might have done it. She might have mm -hmm. done it. And everyone loves Drew Barrymore. So I said, oh, we'd be so f perfect. It'd be great. So they said, if you can get it to her, we can pay her price. And she had a <laughs> quote. I won't say what it was, but it wasn't crazy. It was good. You know, there's more than I got. But mm -hmm. I said, oh, if you if we can get her. So I got to her through her agent. She said, okay, let's have dinner. She read it. And then about a week later, she said she'd do it. Anyway, we blew it. We couldn't get her the money. The uh, guy couldn't get her the money. So it was a big scam and I felt bad. And then, uh, and also, and then I think she went and did uh, Wedding Singer, mm -hmm. which was obviously a way better movie, but whatever. Anyway, but I Pop think, Dana, that during this, there was a time when we were talking, and I think we kissed. Is this crazy? And I, I might be lying, but that's why I don't want to ask her because what if it's not true? But I, in my head, I think we did, and it was no big deal. It was just like funny or stupid, but no big romance. But I think we kissed, and I, I have to check my diary, but she has to check hers. Really? <laughs> and you should check yours too, just wow. in case. Uh, wow. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Sorry, I just turned to our friend Rob Schneider. Wow. Hey. Uh, and Rowan Wilson. Wow. That's interesting. You wouldn't, you're not sure you kissed I don't her. know. I think that's maybe a little bit of a diss. Wouldn't it be like memorable? No, because when she had that movie, Never Been Kissed, I go, oh, I don't think so. Oh. Uh, but I was like, but I, was, I don't know if well, I'm going to Well, we did her. go out once. We, we had dinner once. And uh, you and Drew, yeah, are you gonna stop? And I said, How much story? you been dating lately? And she goes, This is my 52nd date. <laughs> Reference to the movie, she goes, Long some, way to go. <laughs> some gross guy tried to kiss me once, I forgot his name. I think you're friends with him. Spade, no, I feel paternal toward her. She's, no, I, I, I've you know, I she's been a part of America since ET. She, you know, and she's about, about as cute as a kid could ever be, and she was so great in that movie. And um, and now she's still here. I think the thing I take away from Drew is just just the positivity mm -hmm. is real, and it's how you get things done in the world is by just never letting the flag touch the ground. You don't. She's just a force of nature. Yeah, <laughs> really she can do it all. She's a producer. Her. She's a writer. She's a performer. Obviously, mm -hmm. she yeah really helps women in the industry. She does it all, and um, 
got a great talk show out right now. So let's yeah. hear from her. Let's, let's hear from her. This is her. this is. Kinda... I remember when I met her, she said, "You remind me of a kind of a grosser version of ET." And I go, "Oh, I didn't even see the movie, so I don't know what that meant." But I go, "Oh, it's a I star." <laughs> I know. Well, after our fifty-second date, you know. I just tried to be pithy. Are you trying to do 50 first dates? <laughs> what? what? What's 50 first dates? Is that a movie she was in? I don't know. I mean, after our 52nd date, I just, as a joke, I got up and I, because this is before cell phones, I go, I have to, <laughs> Dana called home. Sorry. God I was damn. trying to do E.T., but Johnny Carson came out. I know. Oh! God, let's just go to the e. show. E.T., phone home, bus phone home. No, Johnny would say, sorry, Drew, it's our 52nd date, and uh, I've got to call home. <laughs> I, I, you know, whatever. David, I'm glad you're, my IQ has lowered since the podcast started. I <laughs> yeah, really, everyone, really we just confused. did a test and everyone has heard the podcast is stupid. And I, I can't think. Stupider. But I, I, everyone loves Drew. I'll put it that way. All right, here's Drew. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash wall to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash wall. Terms and conditions apply. I like this part of the podcast where, where we don't know what's going on. Bill Hader has kind of a, his voice has a treble softness to it, but then when he did Daniel Day-Lewis, it just went incredibly deep. So his range is like really kind of interesting because his talking voice is very sort of soft, you know, yeah. up here. And I, we had a great time. And then he's like, but I totally. <laughs> I like that I try to do Daniel Day-Lewis and you guys both do it. And I forgot. I and I'm used like, to do it like crazy. I was His was so great. Um, I feel like we, you know, at some point we'll just tell, I, I, I was going to say, yeah, that if they said you were the best ever, I wouldn't slug them in the face, but there's 50 people that could be mentioned. You know, there's, it's just, people love to have lists. Yeah. I don't want Maya Rudolph to go, what's, what's going but on? But he's definitely up there. Well, he just, um, it's kind of like Will Forte. They, that middle knots, that early to 2000. 10 or 12 whatever knots had a lot is the grossest i know had a lot of had a, a lot of talent that's why i listed all of them and i forgot my rudolph there's a lot of talent where's that lady oh my god you guys i've been here the whole time screaming it was on fucking mute oh <laughs> i didn't want to interrupt you i was like oh i guess they're going and riffing on the sit here <laughs> you thought we were ignoring you, you the were whole a time. fly on the wall God I was. Dang. I was listening in. You were talking about Maya Rudolph and the knots or the aughts or whatever we're calling them. <laughs> and I literally was like, oh, I guess when they're ready, they'll invite me in. But this, these are like the high class problems of our current world. Um, I, you're on mute. I can't see your screen is off. This is the new verbiage for us. But I actually have been sitting here waiting 
um, to jump into the double Dutch. Um, literally, yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited that you guys would have me on Are you your crazy? show. Are I you- love both of you so much. I'm in. I'm double dutching with you right now. And I'm loving. My wife said, oh, Drew's so sweet. She's so fun. I have so much energy. And I go, you think? I don't know. I'll tell you what happens. But already, yeah. you're exactly what she promised. She's, oh, she's so kind. She's definitely right about the energy part. I'm a lot. I'm like a lab Labrador in heat. I like the heat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've heard people say that. Yeah. I am. I, but like with, uh, yeah. Well, that was my, I, I, go ahead. No, I, go I, ahead. I, I like I'm to a interrupt. And he, what, then I, when I'm happy, when I'm intense, I think I'm a whole other metaphor, but when I'm happy, I'm like Labrador and heat panting, probably trying to grab your leg, you know? Hmm, interesting. <laughs> huh. Well, I read, I read um, some things about you last night and it was truly oh. it, impressive and exhausting how much you packed in so i, <laughs> I mean my god labrador and he i'm going and how young you are from where i'm perched it's like damn you got you where does that come from where does the where's the motor to do all this and then become yeah. a producer and now this and i don't know i can't even uh i any, maybe maybe a hard question to ask more of an oprah question or larry king <laughs> i love it i i'm like i did not expect the how do you do it question that's traditionally a woman to woman oh uh, well yes and a mom working mom yeah yeah i like like that you guys are asking it because yeah we're real thinkers drew well we love we love women basically i and i love and i love funny men so this is Whoa. a match made in heaven um a win-win i i i do it by burning the candle at both ends uh i actually am here editing our next issue of a magazine um that we're making of course and i um i i think about it's weird a lot of people will ask that question and i think i've been so passive about my answer because my humility wants to go no 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 i don't do that much let let me turn it back to you yes um and um lately i've been for this magazine um and trying to think of uh some content for it i've been looking at the how and the we not the how and the i but i think that it's really messy and I was brought up sort of, we all lived in that world where we would see those articles where people were like, 8 a.m. I drink my coffee and I do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. 10, Mark Wahlberg, you know, 2 a.m. Like 10.30, <laughs> yeah. I do this, you know, and yeah. I, I never lived that life and it seemed so type A and unattainable. And I was more the, you never know where the day is going to take you, whimsical, or mm. I will burn myself to a crisp and then I'll find that pocket of rest and wellness somewhere else. Uh, So I don't, I don't know how anyone does it. And if they do it in an organized fashion, they have my deepest respect. And if they feel like it all feels like putting out fires and kind of burning yourself out and it's all like a higgledy piggledy mess and it's super comedic (laughs) and there are chickens running through the frame and like rando (laughs) funny shit is going on that feels so true Mm -hmm. um to 
are to my experience. And um, I would never preach to anyone that I have it together right. or that I'm a blueprint. I am just a work in progress. And so far I'm, I'm, I'm shocked uh, in some ways that like I am a relatively healthy person because I feel like I don't live a very healthy lifestyle. <laughs> Jeez, and that's been Drew Barrymore today. Uh, we appreciate no, it. Listen, that's amazing. Her, I, uh, go ahead. I have a question. No one argues that she's busy. Her IMDb looks like a CVS receipt. <laughs> and, and, and if you could see her Zoom, it's like it looks like house and garden. Me and Dana look like we're in a we're, bunker in Kabul. Yeah, we're it's her, her place looks gorgeous. It looks she like looks fresh as a daisy. Yeah, fresh as a daisy, oh. gorgeous and. Oh, Only because I have hair and makeup because I'm at the show. And by the way, on my headstone, will for sure say death by inspo because I'll have inspired myself <laughs> inspo. into the grave. <laughs> like, I can't even look at a woman's shoe without going, do you mind if I take a quick picture of that? Because that color tone would just be so great Ooh. for the packaging on the next thing yeah. I'm making. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, I, I cannot, I can't stop and sometimes I feel like I wish I could just like have like quick temporary, you know, I, I think that's probably why I drank so much back, in, you know, most of my Good life. Just what, what do you mean? You had a problem? Just to shut it down. <laughs> I was yeah. like, just shut up. And Dude, at seven, you were like, I can't take it anymore. Dude, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At seven, I was paying the rent and. It, that's a lot of stress. <laughs> that that yeah, a fairly uncommon thing for a human being in America to be uh, paying the rent at seven. <laughs> True, I, I can relate. Dana, I didn't tell yes. you this. I was a child star too. I when I was uh, my dad was in advertising. He was like a madman type of guy. Oh, and my when favorite. I was I was five, I was pretty cute. I had a good run from five to eight. So when I was five, <laughs> really, and my I never heard this. My, my dad goes. Why don't you be in this like Taco Bell commercial that we're filming because they were part of it? And he goes, They need some kids. We'll throw you in. We'll give you 10 bucks. And I was like, Holy shit. So <laughs> they they put 10 $1 bills out for me on my desk. I probably got a thousand, but they kept it, you know. And they go, Here's your 10. And then I, <laughs> and then they took nine of it. And I go, so you already took a cut, I'm sure, before behind before I saw it. Then I get ten, and then you go, we'll hold it. And I go, wait, is what's going on? And then I had a dollar left. Like, oh, and they go, go nuts, you guys. Drew, I Drew's was, like, I hear that. I was still, I didn't put down my waiter's apron till twenty three and a half. <laughs> you guys start right out of kindergarten. <laughs> it's like, kindergarten. what a head start. Uh, can I ask you a question, Drew? Because you kind of. Thought, talked about like Reese Witherspoon. Okay, she's another like. How did she do do yeah. all that? And I heard her kind of own it, like in the way men can sort of own it. Like, okay, I, I get out of my way. I can do anything. Basically, do you, yeah. Is it difficult for you to have that gear? Because people would say I'm nice. They say you're nice. But you know, do, where do you have that part of you that has a ego? Like, can kind of I give don't. yourself give yourself a pat on the back. You I don't. don't. So that's why you just keep going. Yeah. You, and I hate need... those. And I know Reese. Um, so I, I, you know, she's just incredible that she is a good, like hot question mark of how the hell does she do it? Um, I, um, I, I feel like I had 
uh, so much opportunity because of starting as a kid that Mm -hmm. the gender effect never um, had me. It never had my attention. It was squandered early because I started working as a baby and kept working. So I never had the um, anything other than I I could do all these things and they're my opportunities to screw up or make something Mm -hmm. of. And um, there were men and women giving me those opportunities. Um, I just wrote the forward to the new ET book because it's the 40th anniversary. And I was talking about Kathleen Kennedy and Melissa Matheson. You know, I I saw women at work. um, So uh, I, I just really didn't have that I need to be aggressive or act like a man to get mm-hmm. anything done. I always nice. felt permission to check in with my idols, the Go-Go's and Pippi Longstocking, who were all girl <laughs> all the time, but they did everything that boys did. And it became my ethos on making Charlie's Angels was why do women have to pretend to be men in order to look strong and capable? Because mm-hmm. the truth is, in my world, if I was kicking butt with my girlfriends, we would totally be talking about last night's date while taking the bad guy down. And bad guy could be, again, bad guy or bad girl. I've wow. never been mm-hmm. affected. Luckily, I've not had the unfortunate ingenue treatment of being held back or as I started a production company at 19 and we was really in the era of the power suit woman, I was like, intimidated by that and just felt like, screw it. I'm going to be a girl with my corduroys and my Jansport backpacks. And the work is going to speak for me. And no man has ever kept me down. They've only helped give me opportunities as women have. And I'm just, I'm a girl. And I, I think the one thing that's always stuck out for me about men first and foremost was that like a lot of my comedy influence when I was young came from men. There weren't a ton of female comedians. Um, There's so many more now. I feel like the playing field is so much more equal. Mm -hmm. Um, So I identified men a lot with funny and that was a good thing. I Mm. didn't, think of men as my bosses or anyone who was going to hold me back or I had to be like them. I've had fortunate liberation my entire life like that. And I hate boss bitch. I hate it. Boss lady. It sounds like you're (laughs) hanging a pair of balls on you um, with a bitterness. And I don't like that because I don't have one bitter bone in my body. However, if people have to put you know, metaphorical balls on or a cape or do any mechanism to empower themselves that I stand back and do not judge because everybody has their process of how they get to bravery. Mm -hmm. She has the best answers. I know. Oh my God. They're unreal. Oh, David Spade. I love you so much. I mean, my God, (laughs) Uh, we have to talk about SNL. So by the way, back to ET to have (laughs) two women, that high up in the chain yeah. must have been nice back mm-hmm. then and they must mm-hmm. have had an even keel about them because you look up to them and you don't see them. I mean, there is equal up there with everybody that are running a huge, huge movie. That's good. That's a good influence early on. And Steven Spielberg was flanked mm-hmm. by these two right. women. Frank Marshall was around. there, but yeah. Kathleen Kennedy and Melissa Matheson. And 
Uh, so Melissa that wrote was, it just for our viewers. Melissa wrote it. She was married yep. to Harrison Ford at the time. Yeah. Um, they were very close. Uh, she, they had the script for years. They were making the Indiana Jones movies. They were all a tight knit group. And um, she had this script. It was called A Boy's Life. And um, and yeah, That's what they, E.T. was called. Yeah, it wasn't called E.T. until after the film was made. I guess it, maybe in marketing, I'd have to ask. It Steven, was called but- Little Gross Monster for a little bit. I heard <laughs> <laughs> cute little alien. <laughs> uh, OK, go ahead. So as uh, Dana, ask her a question about SNL. What are you doing? I, I know I'm I'm so I'm so uh, I'm a little <laughs> no, starstruck. I'm, so I'm starstruck too. I, I'm it's fascinated fun. by your life. I I, I guys, think it's so cool. That- I'm starstruck by you guys. I mean, literally, you're about to bring up SNL, and I I don't know where your question's going to go, but boy, did that show change my life in so many ways Mm -hmm. Uh, but in no way did I participate the way that you guys have this show is sponsored by BetterHelp if you had one extra hour a day in your life what would you do take a nap go for a run read a book yep or watch Wayne's World (laughs) I would do crunches and watch Wayne's World okay (laughs) you know a lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what, right? Ah. If time was unlimited, how would you mm-hmm. use it? Mm-hmm. You know, therapy can help find what matters to you. So you can do more mm-hmm. things that matter to you. You have to sort of yes. pinpoint it. Then you can take some action. Yes. Right? I actually had therapy. Mm-hmm. And I still do it occasionally. And uh, it just kind of checks your thoughts, organizes your thoughts. We all get into negative thinking, especially these days, especially in this crazy world. So I do think that therapy is very useful. And, you know, for one hour, you can reset some of your thinking and your lifestyle, David. I've uh, done therapy. No one believes it. I have. You're like, well, you need more. Because you're good enough. You're smart enough, and gosh and darn it, people like on it. People, people like. like you. Yep. If you're thinking of starting therapy, um, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your mm-hmm. schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist. That's important. Mm-hmm. Switch yep. therapist anytime if you don't feel like it's vibing with you. Mm-hmm. No charge. Yep. Yeah. And it really can sort of organize your thoughts or organize your life you could mm-hmm. maybe get you out of a hole which everybody gets in yeah and learn to make time for what makes you happy with better help visit betterhelp.com slash f-o-t-w today and get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash f-o-t-w Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com deals. 
for people who don't know it, yeah. you've hosted six times, which is I a have. record for yep. a I'm tied. I'm tied right now. I think tied with, with Candace Bergen or no? Nope. She is five. Uh, it, she, I think her? I'm tied with ScarJo, who I'm oh, really? pretty, pretty sure is going to beat me because she's um, great. On, oh, yeah. Well, she's she's got married in. to Colin. She's married so to, yeah. She's got a and, fast track. We're going to book her for three a year. Oh, yeah. And she makes, you know, big movies that are going to, you know, I, I, I'm sure she's going to beat me and I love her so much. And we just did <laughs> the show together. <laughs> um, and if anyone's going to beat it, but here's a record I do hold that I, I think I will be, it will be bittersweet when it happens. Um, I am still the youngest, youngest. Yes. host yeah. in 1982 at seven years old. Yes. And that one's going to hurt. That That's going to be, be a tough one. I, that's yes. in really no danger. I don't know. Unless I wonder, uh, how has it not been taken? How the hell has that not happened? Well, because it's child abuse. <laughs> 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 hey kid, you're gonna. I can't even handle. I was crying when I hosted, and I'd done 200 shows. Yeah, it's well, like was, you go back there and you're like, wait, what do I do? And the band's playing. It's terrifying. I'm 47, and I can't even. But did the, was the monkey a surprise? Yes, yes, okay. the What's total that? surprise. I, it was a uh, non sequitur for David. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Explain that. Tim Kazarinski, awesome. um, who I had a, just an adorable crush on. Love I just him. thought he was yeah. the greatest thing since sliced bread. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't want me to have to deal with an opening monologue. Um, and they sort of address that in the monologue. And they say, instead, we're going to do a Q&A with Tim um, and Drew. Uh, weird to say your name. And um, so he asked me questions on little index cards and I adorable. And then at the end, he says, we have a surprise for you. And they bring out this monkey. Chimpanzee. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the point of it was other than to <laughs> well, your be reaction. the cutest thing and the most delightful surprise for anyone, let alone a seven-year-old girl. I remember so many different emotions. Uh, Steven Spielberg came and he's very much a, probably the only father figure I've really had in my life. And he was very parental and uh, on the show night, he brought Robin Williams, which scared me to death because Her. I was so oh, obsessed Her. with Robin Williams. And yes. um, that felt very intimidating uh, to me. And um, um, who's blabbing? Yeah. Somebody's auditioning back there. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, Tell them you don't want to get spayed mad. They're all um, like, exactly. Um, so um, Robin Williams. Uh, so Robin Williams, um, and it was such a weird mixed bag because the, there, I was in the opening scene, which I didn't realize until way later how hard it is to get in the scene mm -hmm. before the credits. Um, yeah. Like I spent my young adulthood fighting to get in that opening scene. The and cold it's open. really yeah. the cold open. And I was in it and they all circle around me. And I'm sad about something and they are rallying me up. And then they said, you know, would you like a glass of milk? And I remember my line was <laughs> milk. I'm a Barrymore. Uh, I want to drink and make it a double. 
And um, seven years old. <laughs> seven. <laughs> Boy, little did I know how true that would end up. You were becoming. like, all kidding aside, make it a double. Was there was there a family history of, of that at all? Or oh my no, I'm god! I mean, literally, <laughs> they all died of consumption. I, literally, Jeez. my grandfather died of consumption. Mm. Um, I think. Uh, Ethel and Lionel were a bit more put together, but yeah, total hedonists and, um, and artists, um, and a long line Mm -hmm. of alcoholism and, uh, and yeah, so it's highly genetic, obviously it it is highly genetic, but I'm going to be the one who breaks that in our chain. Break it. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't had a drink in almost three years and, um, it's, wow. it's a really good feeling. Well, what's your happy place? How do you calm down then? Do you meditate? Do you take a bath? Do you run around the block? How do you calm um, that that thinking brain without alcohol? <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm not sober. I don't work a program. It's mm-hmm. just I realized my relationship with alcohol was the most toxic one in my life and one I'd been trying to master since I was nine years old and did start mm-hmm. drinking. Um, and that, yeah, I had to find a way, uh, I had to find a different way to live and I can sort of trace every negative thing back in my life. And there's probably alcohol dancing in there somewhere. Um, Mm. and it's like the best breakup I've ever had in my life. And it's so confident and quiet. And I have a bar in my house. I serve people drinks. I have no, hangups about it. I'm just like so psyched at this choice to finally cut this like cancer out of my life. It's something, excuse me. Well, you feel better too. I mean, there's a lot of positives. If you can get through it, it's a lot of positive upside. And so how did you manage all these movies and this massive career while imbibing? Was it sort of binge drinking or would you, how did you manage? People look the other way. Um, I think, you know, when you do burn the candle at both ends and you are prolific, that's part of the fooling yourself. Like, but I'm doing all this work, so I'm functioning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And that was definitely my justification. But I was more of like when I partied, I was the crazy one. Um, like I can think of another SNL alum, Chris Catan, whose nickname and I for each other is rooftops because <laughs> we would get wasted and jump off my roof into the pool. Um, and <laughs> okay. I had a lot of fun with it. And yeah. there, 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 it, it wasn't all bad. Um, and then I think when kids came into my life, I realized yeah. that this was no longer sustainable and I made a hard choice and it's the best one I've ever made when it was just me and my life, I guess Mm -hmm. I didn't matter to myself enough to find the balance. My kids mattered more to me than I did. And I found the balance and it didn't come easy and it wasn't pretty. And we all wish we had done things sooner, but I'm here and I'm so happy Mm -hmm. to be here. And that in itself, I think, has replaced a ton of meditation and jogging and new agey stuff and self-help mm-hmm. and self-care. Just being uh, a person who isn't corroded with guilt and dysfunction and blame. Like I had a bad girl narrative growing up. So every time I did something wrong, I went straight back to, well, you're a bad girl. So what the fuck else do you think? It's you. You're the bad girl. <laughs> And, and if it's kind yeah. of your th- your thing, like she's the drinker and the fun party girl, then you're like, it's already sort of factored in. So no one's going to get mad. That's kind of what they want. hundred percent. 
I'm the good time girl. Um, and I did have a good time. I wasn't willing to give it up for a long time. I was balancing it in a way where I was working my ass off. I work hard. I played hard and that was okay for 30 years. And then I, I, I think growing up isn't overrated. I'm totally into it. I really, um, I, I am, I'm, I feel so lucky to have arrived at a more peaceful, saner place. I'm 47 and I don't know if it, I just only know my own journey. I started so much younger than other people in, in many ways, but I think a lot of my wisdom came later. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. I don't even ask people what their age is because I don't give a shit. I don't think it's going to tell me everything about you. Yeah. You're going to tell that's me good point. If I, if I have to ask people what their ages, I'll literally say, what's your number? Because it's not indicative of your journey. There are people who have clawed their way through life at such a young age and been dealt such strange cards. And there are people mm-hmm. who just can't seem to mature no matter how hard everyone around them is trying. David? They won't. <laughs> Did you say David? No. That was a joke. Look at him in his mansion. He's very, he's very <laughs> successful. But he's the- Listen, I was, when I, when I, my, when I was nine years old, my mom would say, you're not drinking till you're nine, like Drew Barrymore. <laughs> and I go, right. That's a weird, we had a tough rule. Um, oh no, I've got God. my shit together, Drew. Um, no, I don't. Do but you? Drew, no. No, but, no, we're, we're comedians. <laughs> we're, about you. We're damaged um, little clowns. You know yeah, I mean? we're little clowns. <laughs> we're like, it, was a, it was an interesting lesson growing up being such a lover of male comedians. Um, you know, so many wake-up calls on who used the sort of torture as an excuse to, you know behave a certain way or be kind of an intense person or, you know, talking and, to me or Dana and those who didn't, you know, and mm-hmm. I would definitely gravitate towards the ones who didn't, but I, it, I, and my mom, by the way, when I was a kid, not only did I get to do SNL at seven years old, but my mom worked as a waitress in the comedy store so oh, wow. I now oh, nice. have a character that I do for the digital on our show named Mitzi Banana Moore. And it's all dedicated to Mitzi Shaw, really. <laughs> and she's the inspiration for it. And I get to nice. ask questions that I can't get away with on daytime television. And I got a wig and a look and a whole thing. And I, <laughs> you know. great. Sounds so funny coming out of you. Do you have Tell a lot of Mitzi stories? Because I we have stories about Mitzi, you know. Polly sure was my babysitter. Oh, I oh ba- wow. Uh, yes. Sorry. Yes. I don't know was everything that. okay? <laughs> I, I think so. Him and Don- <laughs> him and Donovan Leach used to like look after me sometimes. Like oh, our boy. parents didn't. I mean, my mom is an extreme case, and you know, but like a lot of people were in that time. Like we did not parent back then mm-hmm. the way we do now. And no. <laughs> it's crazy. The scrutiny and the helicopter parenting and the guilt and the books right. and the rights and the wrongs and the do's and the don'ts. Yeah. My mom just left me with Polly and Donovan uh, while she and Mitzi were off at work. It, it was mm-hmm. fun. I, I loved it. And my mom gave me such a rich history on who each and every comedian was 
um, and what their body of work was and what Hmm. Steve Martin meant and what Robin Williams meant and who these people that came and did a set that night, or here's the person up and coming. It's very in my DNA. And so for me getting on this podcast with you guys, like I'm the one freaking out. I don't know what (laughs) so much of my life would be without the things that you both have put into the world. And comedy is a very healing thing. I call it medicine always. And I've been trained Mm -hmm. like a little seal to appreciate and understand the power of when someone makes you laugh, they take away your pain and stress. They give you a respite Mm -hmm. from your trauma and your damage and your worries and the things you got to do and the things that have affected you. You are liberated and free in that moment. Because mm-hmm. you, your chemistry changes. You can't laugh and worry at the same time. I, I mean, and by impossible. the way, the more you're worried, I hope the more you are laughing because it's the only way you're going to survive it. Well, this leads me to a question because uh, you're given a background and what comedy meant to you and, and learning this in real time with you. Um, what does it mean to have hosted SNL for you? Because then you go into America's comedy palace basically and you host it six times I mean, what does that mean to you and 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 how thrilling was it for you to then be part of it after the age of seven and then you're an adult mature funny person on that show why does it what is it what is it i don't know you you have six minutes Um, to answer that question (laughs) i i really feel like um that show is an institution And it's a living, breathing tree. It's a giving tree that new leaves come out of its branches. And these leaves are these people, these artists. Such good answers so far. Yeah. And I was so poetically, you you speak like a poet. Yeah, it's unreal. (laughs) Have you written a book of poems? You have, haven't you? I don't. I I, I, yeah, I do write poetry. I love poetry. I read it. I read a lot of poetry growing up. Um, I, and we get to bask in the shade and the light of that tree. And it's like, it's, it formed me so much as a human being. And I'm happy to say whether it's successful or not, I don't know. I'm not objective about myself. Um, I never want to be. Um, But when I was lucky enough to get the show that I'm doing now, um, mm-hmm. which is a talk show, it has my name on it. I actually asked for it to be named something else. They said, that's not how this works. I said, mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we'll go with I, the household I, name. You have a great, you have I a great lean, name. Yeah. yeah, it's a cool well, name. Well, one syllable well, and then three syllables. It's just, it goes Drew Barrymore. It's just a cool name. That, uh, thank you, Dana Carvey. Dana, um, Dana. actually... <laughs> That ends in a smile. Um, I think. um, (laughs) I had never thought of that. (laughs) um, It's true. Mm -hmm. Um, I I leaned in so hard to my SNL training for this show. Um, And a couple examples are that when we launched a pandemic in 2020, it was a very scary time to find a voice. I felt like it was um, in order to be quiet and be a good listener and be a student and learn. And so that was really intimidating. But I 
tried to tap into bravery to be funny and have a show that really celebrated comedians and go hard on comedy. Um, it was go hard. I love it. It was scary. And it, I think it confused a lot of people. Um, <laughs> and especially in that moment, like what the hell is this the pandemic? Here she comes again. Yep. And um, the, Drew's news segment of the show from which I fought for since the pilot, um, I kept trying to explain it to everybody. And um, obviously there is this section of a magazine called the week that's called, it wasn't all bad. And it's just these tiny baby sized paragraphs that are so funny and uplifting and weird. Mm -hmm. um, and then weekend update. And then mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I just kept saying, I just like weekend update to me is, is a drug. Mm -hmm. I I'm <laughs> on that feeder. I watch it every week. I've, I've never, I never, I don't miss it. I, 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 I love finding out information in a funny way. Um, you could call it satire. You could call it pop culture. You could call it comedy, but like that, news desk i had a picture of walter cronkite the weekend update desk and like the week magazine and huh. it i think everyone was really scared because they were like well that's very written and i was like no i know i'm not gonna write it we're gonna report stories that give people hope because there is good news out there and there are life affirming things and there are weird happenings yeah. and interesting findings. And we're going to be an aggregator for that. And then we can do commentary on it. Mm -hmm. um, I think Chelsea lately, honestly, was a really interesting. Oh yeah. You know, she, mm -hmm. she did a format where they really commented more on like gossip and pop culture, but it was so much fun and no yeah, one had it was done a great that. Show. Yeah. And she had a panel of comedians and it was delicious and <laughs> nobody had done that. Um, and you know, Drew, during your, during the pandemic, it's even harder because it's an uphill battle. Everything in the news is bad. It was so pessimistic and so rough that you're fighting through that clutter. And if anyone would just turn to the channel and see you, they're like, Give me a breather here for a second. I didn't know if I would ever be one, but I knew that I wanted and I thought I want to be a bright spot and not a blind spot. I want you to come here <laughs> and not think that I don't understand what's happening all around us. But mm -hmm. there is beautiful things. There are yeah. wonderful people. There is that good. And if we have to be reminded in life affirming ways that this battle is worth it, great. Then that's what I want to do. And how do I take us out while not seeming like I've lost the plot or I'm not in and aware and civic duty minded mm -hmm. of everything that is really happening in reality. And it was the weirdest seesaw ever to balance. But I would say that Saturday night live has been my biggest influence. Um, in my life. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Uh, and now that it, I got wow. to do a show that's not a movie or not a script or not a rom-com that mm -hmm. probably involves a lot of people from the mm -hmm. SNL alum. Um, yeah. 
you know, you can, you can see that love and that honoring and that adhesive sort of admiration I have for male comedians. Cause I've spent so much time, you know, well, how my- about Sandler and Fallon and you did movies with both those guys. Like yeah. how crazy. I, and I, I, I have to say I got that. To- be in Wayne's world is Birgen Kiergen for yes, a Birgen Kiergen. Can we hear a little bit of Birgen Kiergen from Wayne's world too? Drew By the way, I really feel like that was the, I like, I'm, I, I was worried sweet. It, like anyone was going to be mad at me. Like I made a, a real joke out of the accent cause I didn't really study enough for it. And I, it didn't I, matter. I, I, I sort of went for the broad comedy and I was like, yeah, yeah, and people with that oh, God. Uh, people's got to stop being offended, no but way. it was, I'm very, I know. Again. All Big. I do is Greta Th- Thunberg. I don't know what country she's from. How dare you? How <laughs> dare you? That's it. It's just three words. <laughs> David, whether you have a few weeks old puppy or a senior who's seen multiple decades, any dog person like me knows the most valuable thing in the world is spending time with your pet. Yep. The farmer's dog makes it easy to keep them healthy, which can give you more quality years with your Lovely dog. Yeah, well, I've heard Farmer's Dog makes and delivers fresh, healthy dog food. And, you know, that's what everyone's looking for. It's recommended by vets, nutritionally balanced. Uh, it's made from human-grade ingredients, safe, clean kitchens. All that stuff matters. Yeah. I mean, you love your dog. Why Why get the lousy food for your dog? Farmer's Dog is the best. Traditional dry and wet dog food options are extremely processed. Sometimes dogs... much lower quality. Yeah. <laughs> you, you put it in their bowl and they go... What is this kibble? And they knock it away. What is this canned goo? Oh, yeah. I've had our dog, yeah, look at the bowl and then kind of crank its neck up and look at me. And it was like, really? They go, really? Why don't you go first? You want a bite of this? Slop? (laughs) (laughs) And it makes that sound. Here you go, dog. So Farmer's Dog isn't just higher quality food. They also send the food pre-portioned specifically for your dog based on their unique nutritional needs. It makes it easy to help your dog reach and stay at their ideal weight, David. And which is one of the biggest indicators of a full, healthy life. A fresh diet has been found to have all sorts of benefits, David, from healthier coat Mm -hmm. and skin, better breath, if you want to kiss your dog, and even easier digestion and smaller and better poops. Let's look at a clip. It doesn't (laughs) matter if your dog's young or old, it's always the right time to invest in their health for more happy years with your dog, get 50% off your first box at farmersdog.com slash fly. Let the farmer's dog know we sent you. Use your code or click podcast after you sign up for your first box. You know the term Airbnb? Yeah. What's good is if like I have a place and uh, I don't, there's, there's a place I don't stay in mm-hmm. as much. And so my first thought is I should Airbnb this thing because then you make a few beans in your jeans and you can go off and, you know, maybe buy something you wanted to mm-hmm. buy while you're not using That's it. like, that's earning money while you sleep using your home as an Airbnb. I have a, yeah. a, a, a well, it sounds so bourgeois, an extra home kind of someplace. And so it might make a really good Airbnb. Seriously. Hmm. It's not a bad idea because, you know, it's easy. And then people come in, they go, you make a little cash, you move on. I mean- you travel a lot. I travel a lot. It's good for us. You know, we can, you can Airbnb your house here and then go somewhere and do it. And that's the thing is you have so much flexibility. You could do it just during the summer months or just do weekends. I mean, you're in complete control. And then you make, as you call, the beans while you 
go do yeah. other things. Right. Like, let's say you know you're going to take a trip for a family reunion every year. You can plan ahead, take that week, and uh, Airbnb your place. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. no holes in this theory right here. <laughs> you know, if you have a seasonal yeah. house. Got to try it out. Listen, your place might be worth more than you think. You got to check in. You find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What is it like to be able to have that? Like Jimmy Fallon came on the show the other day and he's married to my partner. They fell in love on Fever Pitch. Um, So he's like, we're family. Um, But we did one episode together here on this show where we were like, let's try impressions. And Mm -hmm. like, I suck at impressions. Like, what's it like to have that kind of access in the snap of a finger and be able to do any (laughs) voice? Like, I have to study and like take it so seriously that I almost lose the freedom and the whimsy. I got to learn it so well that then I can play because I've got it so fucking down that now. Now I feel liberated and free because I held on to it so tightly. What's it like to just be like, ha, here, play, fingertips, access? Mm. Well, I I don't know exactly what you're saying, but I think I've got a bloody idea about something you're trying to get Michael Caine, everyone. Michael Caine, if I have to say it. I didn't know I'd... Listen, you're tremendous. Everyone says, excuse me, many people, Drew Barrymore, your show's terrific, it's terrific. Many people, excuse me, many people are saying, (laughs) gas is going... I I have a new rhythm for him. I'll do it for Drew. When he's on on the the, uh, podium to his audience, he goes, gas prices are going up. $6, $7, 10 how high can you go? That's yeah. the final rhythm. How high yeah, can in, you go? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's all inflection. Yeah, yeah, and I just have fun with it. I'm in awe of like there's certain people do certain impressions, and I just love it, and I'm in awe of it. And Jimmy Fallon, his his Neil Jimmy's Young, great. you know, is like insane. Oh, I mean, Neil Young is so good. He has so much talent. Uh, you know, I've talked to people there. Like he's with Justin Timberlake, and they're doing they're choreographing something, and they go, Jimmy, just one time he's got it and then he can sing and he dances and he does all these voices and he's such a great great uh talk show host because he's, yeah. he's so but such a great I think audience we're all so influenced by that renaissance variety mm-hmm. human um that can pull out of the ether or have a premeditated a- uh, approach to it or access mm-hmm. to both um well, what's one I, that I you just, learned? You talked about learning one and really owning it. Yeah, do you have a good one? Load it up. Do you do Chloe Feynman? <sighs> sorry, I had to burp. Jesus. Um, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. Who is that, Oscar? We've done, we've done dozens of these. That's my favorite moment. <laughs> Thank you, Drew. Because <laughs> the most Thank real you. moment. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> now I'm, you're a, definitely the coolest. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. Um, I... Um, uh, All right, that one's getting to my house now. It's just getting to me. Oof. I, uh, let's see. What have I eaten today? Um, Chili dog. I can tell you. <laughs> um, no, just only only quinoa, like a quinoa, quinoa. porridge. It's, it's pretty boring. Boring. Um, I. Uh, oh shit! What was the question? Well, let's make well, fun of Sandler you, for you, the end. Oh, well, uh, we have a lot of Sandler questions at the end. We got a little. Let's. We got a Sandler questions. So we like to clown on him. Um. <laughs> I mean, God, do I just, I love him Who so doesn't? much. Who doesn't? I, you I got have some to monster say, movies with him. 
it's Adams made a lot of great movies, but I think 51 Dates is like one of his very, very best because I, it was such a complete film and it was emotional at the end. You know, I don't, didn't you find that to be an extra special one you did with him? 50, 51 Dates? You've done three. 50 First Dates. 50 First um, Dates. <laughs> Or 51, it was originally uh, another title uh, change. It was called 51st Kisses. Um, hmm. And I think they thought that was too girly. Yeah. Uh, in the marketing. Dates. Um, like dates is more gender neutral. Now, this actually became a really big study for me about men and women. This is where I really did take on gender. So Nan, my partner had found that script and it was a drama that took place in Seattle. And funny enough, she like wanted Reese Witherspoon to do it. She was like, she was like, you're busy. I'm going to, I was, I believe in Reese Witherspoon. She was a total fan. We've all been fans of hers forever. I've known Reese since I was 14 years old. Um, And so she had me read it at a table reading and I was like, Oh my God, this is the best script ever. And we wanted to, to um, get attached to it as producers at flower films. And it disappeared overnight. Like it just, someone gobbled it up and then her and I tracked it for the next, like, I mean, years, several years. It went through different big directors and big actresses. Um, and uh, hmm. we just, Nan and I were like determined to track where this script went. Hmm. And all of the sudden, it finally matriculates over to none other than Happy Madison. Happy Madison. And that is, to anyone who doesn't know, is Adam Sandler's company. He's always done it with the same people. He always will. He's such a loyalist. And um, it was everybody I knew from The Wedding Singer. And Oh, another uh, great I, one. Yeah. I love that I, movie. Oh, another monster. Uh, well, I stalked him. I was like, I know that you and I are supposed to be Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy, except for probably through more of like a Marty Feldman buddy Hackett lens. Buddy Hackett. I'm not fancying myself Catherine Hepburn here. I've got purple hair and a leopard coat on and you're like (laughs) sporty sport. You're sporty spice. So nothing about us physically says that this is a match, but I am convinced, Adam, that you and I are supposed to be cinematic soulmates. And uh, we did the wedding singer together. And then I think it was like 10 or 11 years later, I found out the script went to him. I ran into my trailer. We were filming Charlie's angels on the Sony lot. Happy Madison was on the Sony mm-hmm. lot. And mm-hmm. instead of running over to his office, I thought I'm going to type out a letter for him. So I got on my Olivetti typewriter and I typed out this um, letter to him hysterically sobbing. And this, I think, the power of a letter. I've had multiple things happen that have changed my life for the better or in palpable, powerful a, ways a through a letter. Yeah. Don't deny the power of a letter. And I said, I, I know we've talked about maybe coming back together. We set ourselves up real well in the first one, which kind of fucks us up for the second one because the yeah. expectations are going to be really high for both of us. And yeah. We can't do something that is less than we have to do something equal or maybe even more than. And I am convinced that this is the movie. Mm. And I had someone run the letter over to his office. 
He showed up at the, my trailer. Barry Moore. <laughs> what, what are you trying to do? Down? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 we love He's like, why do you like this movie? We're trying to make it into a comedy. And I said, oh, my God, really? And he goes, yeah. And I go, but OK, uh, interesting. Well, damn it. You cannot lose what is so fucking important about this movie, which is how do you make someone fall in love with you every day? And the poetry, mm -hmm. like as a woman, I've never been more fucking moved in my life. You can't wash that away with goofiness. And he was like, yeah, but we know comedy and we know what guys want. And I said, and you know what? I know what girls want. And he goes, yeah. well, then obviously you've got to produce it with me. And I said, well, obviously we've got to make this movie together. And he was like, so it's happening. And I'm like, is it happening? Really? Yeah. Wow. And what a great story. I love how it. We, fun. we went to work right away and we got flower films, which was me and Nan and happy Madison, mm -hmm. which was him and the boys. And we sat there and we rewrote the movie based on what we thought went like what we were all women side for. Yeah, yeah women side boys side yeah and this was in the day where as a producer early on i you know i was told you know men make the decisions about where to go to the movie that weekend and the girlfriend will go with that and that's a gender stereotype that i just yeah. thought oh god that's crazy all right <laughs> well i don't know what to do with that information but thank you for telling me that and <laughs> uh, we tried to make it this balanced seesaw and I, we met with directors and it was in Pete Siegel who, you know, I, I always think I, I got lucky and had a knack for seeing things in directors that they hadn't had in their work before. And with Pete Siegel, I knew he was the guy. I knew he got the tone. And this was going to be such a challenge to straddle like yeah. whale sperm flying in faces one minute and <laughs> trying to connect with the human heart and move people in the yeah. next scene. And I was like, this is going to take a very unique conductor to pull this all up and make everybody happy. And I knew that Pete could do it because of our conversations. I knew he got it. And Pete did another big comedy, Drew. What? Tommy Boy. Oh, he was your director 10 years yeah, before, which is another really, really great film. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Look oh, at your face. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I didn't even realize that. That is a mm -hmm. fucking masterpiece. Can you believe? I was thinking when you just said Pete Siegel, I go, you got the right guy. Oh, my God. Tommy wow. Boy. I mean, that's an iconic movie, David. Iconic. Like history books. <laughs> well, true. I love Tommy Boy. And I'm thinking for you guys to balance that, the team of you, Sandler, and Pete, and then you throw Rob Schneider in a coconut bra or whatever he did. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I the best. <laughs> oh, stop it. I, I, That's I a real guy he was based on. Oh, the place yeah. we stayed Schne in Hawaii. Schneider does these great, funny characters. But it's interesting, Drew, you say that, that the bones of it was a drama because that's still, whatever you guys did. It's kind of what it, it is. It resonated by the third actor when he's on the boat he sees you again it, it, it got me verklempt I mean I oh, I, for I took sure. the ride with it and that's hard Good. to do so in a comedy 
all it's the very time. hard to do. It's it was my life and very much with the show that again I am lucky enough to make and we fight so hard for it over here. We have the best time making it, but it making a show and broadcast yeah. <laughs> daytime yeah, in this time I can't is imagine. really challenging. Um and we're trying to find new ways to reinvent it. But I I want to be greedy in life and have all the tones. I think we have all the feels and therefore there are all the tones and there are all the life experiences and no journey is devoid of tragedy and laughter and love mm-hmm. and heartbreak and death and loss and ecstasy and sex mm-hmm. and you know maybe and children sex. if you choose yeah. to go that route and you know, relationship. It's just, it's all the things. And Mm -hmm. so I don't like it's music, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. visuals and cinema, like it's books. It's, it's everything. It's everything. And I want so badly to put everything in a blender, Mm -hmm. but then I think the trick is you still have to make it your own. You have Mm -hmm. to be you. Um, But I love all the, all the tones and I, I 51st dates is definitely a fun tonal example that you mm-hmm. can kind of do both. have it all and really do it all. well done, really well yeah. put together. But mm-hmm. I, I'm aiming for that for everything in my sure. life. Can it, can it like maybe the North stars can be simplified down to heart and humor. Maybe you're like Paris that Ernest Hemingway call it a movable feast. Oh, of course, that's a beautiful book. I yeah, it's well that phrase is just sort of encompasses kind of what you were saying, the the oh majesty God. and the symphony of life and all you know slings and arrows and ups and downs and yes. all better philosophers than me have spoke to. But to live is to suffer, and have joy every day. And we had a joy today visiting with we you. We did. We got to let Drew go. I was go. a talk show host in a previous life. Quoting Hemingway perfectly. Um, uh, It is such like, I was so excited to do this with you guys. I thank you for choosing me. Thank you for having me. We're thrilled. (laughs) Um, Thank you for everything that you've done. I, I, I just love and admire you. And I'm, I'm. Well, you, you've brought a a energy and a, uh, a different point of view and you're, uh, you know, you're, so far, sort of an outlier. It was really great to get you on our podcast and hear you speak to all this stuff. Really oh interesting. That'd be great. Thank you. Ah, said by, oh God, it's, ah. And by the way, I will be on the teat forever of laughter. So please keep giving it to everyone. And I'm glad you guys are doing this. Thank you for having me to the party. Hey, what's up, flies? What's up, fleas? What's up, people that listen? We want to hear from you and your dumb questions. Questions, ask us anything. Anything you want. You can email us at flyonthewall at cadence13.com. Okay, Andrew Brewer. Now, this is a great one because Andrew Brewer Mm -hmm. is... It says, hey, it's Brewer, your old censor from the SNL days. Now, Dana, we've talked about him. because We always say something nice about him. He he was a cool dude and he was fun and he had a tough job. You would write a script. And then you, if it was a little risque, you'd have to run it by Andrew. And so you would load it up like it would be like hard triple X yeah. so that he could negotiate. He'd say, well, I'm going to take this out and this out. I mean, you couldn't swear, but you could negotiate. Yeah. So if you, you know, put two in there you didn't care about, 
you would give him those, mm-hmm. and then you still have your real script. But he kind of caught on to that he one. Un- he, I think he knew the whole game. But it says, <laughs> do you boys, this is his question, do you boys recall any run-ins we had while we were all on the show? Mm-hmm. Of course. He has ideas. Dana, I'll ask it for him. The one that comes to mind is uh, that taped black and white Wayne's World piece that you did with Mike, Madonna, and, mm-hmm. and you were in a hotel room. It was full S&M. I remember that. Very steamy in the day. We spent a lot of time in the editing room. Yeah. And the nude beach sketch, which yeah, almost I got him fired. Yeah, I had a on as Garth and a cod piece. I remember I that one. strutting around on scuttering. That was a big <laughs> and deal. Madonna was like touching herself. I don't know why. We, <laughs> Who shot that? Schiller? Probably. It was cool. It was really fun to be. That was a good bit. Yeah. It was really funny. But yeah, it was a, a little risque for, in those days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I did Hollywood Minute with him, and he said, uh, one of the ones I remember he told you not to do, but I did it anyway. Oh, was a joke that was something like, Pam Anderson found Tommy Lee's new penis tattoo hard to swallow. <laughs> that's a good That's a good classic oh, And he said he joke. took it out for the West Coast feed before it got to the West Coast. Oh, my God. Oh, did he? Yeah. Well, the one that took like a year to get on, and I'm not sure who wrote it, maybe Smigel, but it was just guys at a nudist beach, but we we- so when we finally did it with Tom Hanks, we all just had whatever diapers on. We're behind a slap. You see our legs and you see our torsos. Yeah, you don't like see Like we're the nude at a beach. Wiener part. And we're just commenting about each other's, hey, nice penis. How's that? How's the penis going? Hey, really terrific penis. And we say penis like, like 300 times. Yeah. So, but by the time Andrew got through with it, it was down to 199. Yeah, he goes, I slashed it. <laughs> he slashed Look, it. Look, he says, I always apologize afterwards. Me. He said, Spade, I'll give you this. You always apologize afterwards. <laughs> well, that means I just didn't do what he said and then asked for, <laughs> asked, what is it called? Don't ask permission, ask. Yeah, ask for forgiveness. Well, I don't know if he was there when we did that Italian sketch where I had Victoria on the table. Oh, that was a great you one. Know, that was supposed, well, I wasn't supposed to do that move. You look it up. Everybody. He was there <laughs> when I said pussy on update, but he told me I have to say who's that? And I- and I and Dennis goes, Spudley, you better fucking nail this one. You're gonna get shit canned so right before we, we go on live. And then I go, I'm gonna go out after the show and get some pussy. And then they laugh and he goes, You're fucking gone, Spudley. Because they laugh too hard. He goes, Dennis hey, had a little cracker. Hey, hey, you're out of here, man. You swallowed the word. You, you know, fucked up, guy. You're Jesus, out. Get, 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 go to Sleepies. Get a new mattress. Okay. <laughs> you like Sleepies. I know. Uh, Andrew, thank you, bud. Yeah, Andrew was very cool. On a personal note, this is just really interesting because you always wonder where people end up. Mm-hmm. People behind the scenes, or he he worked in, as a censor, but he writes to us here, which sounds so awesome. I'm currently kicking back and living in Barcelona, drinking cheap red wine and attending Spanish school. I love it. Come visit your old Pali censor. XO Andrew. So I would just say you're the champion of life. Um, you beat life. Anyone who's drinking cheap wine in Barcelona and kicking back mm-hmm. is the champion of life. Maybe I got an Emmy on Saturday Night Live, but you're the real em- Emmy winner, Andrew. Yeah, you're stuffed in my basement doing uh, reading questions. I think he won that round. Yeah, we're still dancing and sweating for our for our nickel, man. We don't have time to drink wine or go to Barcelona and nothing. We're sad. We're puffy little clowns. We need attention. We'll never quit. Never stop. We're puffy? Puffy little clowns. <laughs> Ruddy face, puffy little clowns. I flush a lot now that I'm over 50 for no apparent reason. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. Please write again.
Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of Cadence 13. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. Executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment. Production and engineering led by Greg Holtzman, Richard Cook, Serena Regan, and Chris Basil of Cadence 13. 